The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Boom, what's happening, y'all? What is going on? All right, let's take a breather. I know you're probably coming off of a sales call. You're probably coming out of a meeting, maybe a couple of different things at the same time. Uh, My man, welcome back to the show. I'm going to introduce you in a minute. Let's not Let's not move too quickly here. We got a lot to cover in a very short amount of time. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sell Better Daily Sales Show, where we bring you sales advice to help you sell better, plain and simple. Change your chat settings to everyone right down here in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen, and let us know in the chat where you are tuning in from. That's what I want you to do right now. A quick shout out to the 1,200 plus sellers that have signed up for today's show. You have helped achieve a new daily sales show record for registration. So big thanks. Uh, Make sure you're giving yourself a round of applause in the chat as you let us know where you're tuning in from. I love to see all the places that we- I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's go. Look at that. Boston, Mass, Wichita. What's happening? Shout out ATL. Uh, I love seeing ATL in the room. You guys represent the South coming in strong. Space Coast, Florida. What's going on? Gambia, West Africa. I was just in Ghana. I am back. I am back in the saddle. Uh, so yes, I love it. Uh, what's going on, Raleigh, North Carolina? All right, let's uh, let's get into it. We are here today to review emails that have been submitted by you, our audience. I'm your host, James Say What Sales Buckley, and I'm joined by Mr. Will Allred of Lavender fundamental the team at lavender in today's registration number so thank you very much in the team and congratulations on the recent funding and your amazing hires over the last 30 days welcome back to the show will hey well it's good to be here man um i'm thrilled to hear that we broke some records today i love that that's amazing (laughs) hey man you guys did such a great job it's so good to see everyone out there responding so uh let us know in the chat type the word lavender if you're here because you saw one of the lavender ads uh, those guys did such a great job creating good content for this one. All right, so uh, if you are here today and looking to level up in 2023, we've got you covered. We're here to help uh, sell better daily show the membership of instant access to all of our training and resources and corporate sales training for your team. Check us out at sellbetter.xyz or scan the QR code that you see on your screen right now. That's the move. All right, uh, every day we want to give you guys something valuable that might change the results for you right away. So today we have a great sales triggers guide from our partners at Owler. Shout out to Owler, how to find and use triggers for your outbound messaging effectively. That's what you'll get out of Owler. That's what I use it for every single day. So go get that resource. It is in the chat right now. Click on that, get that resource. We like to tailor these conversations to the folks that are in the room. So go ahead and tell us, what are you? Are you an SCR? Are you an AE? Uh, And while you're doing that, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what you're going to get today. We're going to talk about structure. We're going to talk about subject lines, openers, hooks, all the things that matter in an an email. Uh, Yes, Bob, in the the poll right there, SDRs, we're going to talk about the body of your email. What should that look like? Common mistakes. I think this is important to cover. We can get ahead of it early. Uh, So let me ask you, let's look at the poll. Here we go. Keep doing the poll. Bam. I see off to an early start. It's SDRs and AEs right now. Uh, Let me ask you this. What should frontline sellers, SDRs and AEs be focused on when writing sales emails or sales templates in 2023? Oh, this is great. Uh, This is a very simple, simple question and answer, which is why are you reaching out to the person that you are reaching out to? Because if you don't have a good reason, 
chances are you need to do more research. Yeah. Yeah. So the why you think is the number one thing that you're going to see more need for in 2023. That's, that's what you see. 100%. There's no shortage of emails in a buyer's inbox. I can tell you, I was up till 2 a.m. last night getting to inbox zero after a funding announcement. Uh, that, um, I'm, I'm finally there. I'm back to, um, I'm out of inbox debt. And so um, I can tell you, I've seen a lot of bad emails. I've seen a lot of really bad reasons for reaching out to somebody just because mm. somebody raises capital does not mean that they are ready to buy your thing. Um, so when I think about it, like, sure, we can talk about length, we can talk about complexity, we can talk about tone, but, and we will. Uh, but the number one thing, the number one question I ask sales orgs all the time is like, all right, look at this email. Why in the world are you reaching out to this person on the other end? Like, and the answer is typically like, if you really like Socrates style, boil it down. It's like, well, they're on my list. <laughs> you're like, oh, you oh. your information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I wanted to tell you about what we do. And like, I thought that information might be useful. It's like, it's not, and it's not meeting me or your buyer where they're at. Um, and so if I could give any advice, it's to have a true reason. Why me? Why now? Why are you showing up here today? Mm. Why you, why you now? That's something that we've heard from Jeff Hoffman in the past. John Barrows have echoed it all the way through as he's trained so many teams. Let's talk about how we can implement some of those changes in email one. Now, before I share this, I want to tell you guys, we're going to ask you for what your thoughts are. So be fearless, put them in the chat, but let's keep it constructive and positive. It's very important that we get something out of these emails. These are templated emails that we're going to talk about where you can personalize it. Why? So don't freak out over like, where's the personalization, right? It's important that you guys see the foundations here. And we talk about what makes a great email and what's relevant and personal and where to put it. So dude, let's talk about this email here right out of the gate initial thoughts go james let me let me ask you a question do you really need to say let me ask you a question uh, you know i don't need that kind of prep <laughs> i need to warm you up with the hey uh let me ask you something real quick let me let me get you to hurry up and wait um uh, actually I am not a fan of the way this starts. Um, it, it, it's fine if that's your ask, right? But the problem is you have multiple asks in the email. So if you're looking at your template, you're looking at the email that you're sending, the data is very clear on this. This is one of those things that's held very true. Um, when you start asking multiple questions, your reply rate goes down. So if you're going to like, if, if you were even asking yourself like to pick, a, like to ask a question or not to ask a question, don't ask a question. Yeah. <laughs> like zero or one questions actually works better than asking two questions, three questions. You immediately start. So like one out of five people would have responded, just don't to like upwards of 50%. So like one out of two people that would have responded don't. Yeah. So it, it's very simple rule is just like one email, one idea, right? One ask. Yeah. So I think a good, a good rule of thumb there then to give to people is try to limit your questions, at least in an initial email, try to limit your questions to just one question, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, if that's what you want them to answer, that's what you want them to answer. Right. Um, 
it, as soon as you start asking multiple questions, you split their attention and then you get them doing less. Yeah. Literally like 22% less. Yeah. I, so, so let's, let's talk a little bit about personalization in an email like this. And you said something really interesting that it's worth diving into. You said leaders want to say, add personalization, big air quotes implied there. But then we have to let that go as a seller when we're also told that we want to scale this messaging. So let's talk about your thoughts around this leadership and frontline disconnection that we witness so often. Yep. Uh, I see this disconnection literally on the daily. And yep. uh, I was chatting with one of our uh, amazing sellers, Dorothy, shout out here in the audience. Um, Let us know. I was chatting with her earlier. And one of the things that she said that I thought was very poignant for the time that we're in is we need to not only think about rep enablement, but we also need to start thinking about manager enablement and, hmm. and helping those managers think about things like scaling personalization because the notion of it can scale is a misnomer, right? There's some certain things that you need to have set up in place related to process that make it possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Personalization means it's a one-to-one -one email. And so you can't just like automate that. You can't just like scale it out. You have to set up the infrastructure correctly. So that's uh, doing really smart list segmentation. So that's um, industry, company size, uh, job titles, like persona, um, technographics. So technology create smaller lists, right? As you get narrower lists, your reasons for reaching out, this thing that I was talking about before, it, the list of why you'd reach out to somebody gets smaller and smaller. And that's so a great... That's a great thing to pause on right there. The narrower your list, the more reasons that you will have to reach out to the right people, right? The reasons get smaller, but they get more effective. Yes, right. And so when you have a smaller list of reasons that you would reach out to somebody, well, doing that research to figure out is that reason true or not gets much quicker to answer yes or no to, right? Yeah. So like, Okay, I'm reaching out to James and I'm like, okay, yeah, because of the following five factors, I know there's really like two main problems that I really want to have a conversation with James about. And so I'm going to go through and I'm going to have, okay, I know where I'm going to go. I know what I'm looking for and I know how I'm going to get to looking for those pieces of information. And once I have them, I know how I'm going to use them. And so like for a message like this, right? Um, Let's see. Um, there's there's like a whole different question here around like the lack of like specificity on what yeah. it is this person's reaching out about. Yeah, but that's like what I was gonna say was lacking was the spe the specific reason. You know. Yeah. Um. Like, the, there is a, a level of just like this is like a vague notion of like what are, are all these words? But um, <laughs> it's always a good thing to say wording email. You know? Um. But like. If I'm reaching out to you about lavender, James, I'll just, I'll simplify it down, right? Sure. Like there's a core set of things that I want to talk to you about. And so like, I need to find as quickly as possible, is it like a real reason that I should be talking to you about that? Mm. And so like for each of those like mini lists that you're going to create, right? Those are target audience groups that, that you can scale your personalization to. 
because you have a streamlined process for what you're going to research, what you're looking for, and how you're going to use it with those smaller audience groups. What's the uh, research? I don't know what are you looking for, and how are you going to use it? If you if you take no other notes and write nothing else down, go ahead and write that down. What's your research? Yeah. <laughs> what are you, how are you going to use it? Right? Those those things are important. For me, this email uh, and documented. It's it's a it's a finite process, right, James? So like, it's not just like okay, I know I'm looking to see like if they've been an SDR leader before. It's like I want to know where I'm finding that information and in what order I'm going to find those pieces. Because once you have, um, how Coleman's done a great job of talking about take five minutes to find five facts. Sure. Um, the the challenge that is, what am I doing in this minutes? You, you can systematize that much more thoughtfully. Yeah, you know, and the not my process horse. <laughs> well, the the use of our time and putting it into a process makes a lot of sense. Uh, for me, when I read this one, what I what I didn't like was the traditional ask at the end. You know, ten minutes. You know, everybody knows that's that's not a good ask, right? It's very overused. Not only is it overused, but it's often thirty minutes. Definitely not ten minutes, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah. the other, the other piece, something that I liked was that they opened with a question. Uh, let me get a one in the chat. If you often open your emails with a question, I think this is a very interesting thing that I've been doing a lot lately. And I think it does capture attention real quick. Will the subject line lowercase G growth, what, what, what does that do for you? And then we'll move to the email too. It doesn't do much. I mean, it falls within like the specifics of like one to three words. It's like simple enough. Um, when I write a subject line, really what I'm trying to do is get their eyes to move past it as quickly as possible. Uh, what I want them to see is the preview text. That's where we could really shine. So if you're asking yourself like one question out of like, what does a good subject line do? Mm. It does two things. It does not trigger a mental spam filter. Um, so like if I said, James, comma, want to 2X your struggling reply rate? Right, you immediately know that's a sales message. You're like, oh, it's trash. <laughs> I like, do this. I do. I do want to do that. <laughs> you're like, I want that, but like at the same time, the context for you coming into that message is like tarnished because I used your name in the subject line, which might get you more opens. But our friends at Sales Loft have proven that it gets you 20% less responses. Mm. Um, it's asking a question, which. Uh, our data showcasing right now is going to reduce that chance of you getting an open. Um, I think I 2X'd in that like subject line. It's very marketing-y style language. Basically, if the marketing team's doing it, avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. If the marketing team is doing it, avoid it is like a golden sentence. Please sear that onto you, like tattoo it onto your yeah. arm because you don't want to be viewed as the marketing, right? That's not a shot at marketing. It's to no. say that sales is very intentional right now. And we have to we have to make sure that we're getting that across in our messaging. I want to move to email too. I yeah. want to move to email too. But I do want to hear from the audience more about how they would have changed that email. What was their initial feel to it? And then I'm going to put this one up so you and I can talk about it. Audience, what did you feel about email one? Uh, feel free to let us know in the chat. Initial thoughts, constructive criticism. Uh, yeah, awful move. <laughs> awful. Move on. <laughs> uh, they only asked a good question, which is, what was the second thing? I got a little sidetracked. Uh, the second thing that a good subject line does is it answers what is in the email. What's in the box? 
what's in the what's in the what's in the box? <laughs> Tell me what's in the box in the subject line, right? Uh, okay, so let's look at email two right here. Uh, I I think this is a very interesting conversation to have because I've had a similar conversation and I've sent emails that maybe were not quite as aggressive, uh, but emails that that kind of resemble that need for adoption services. Okay, so Will, right out of the gate, you said, stop saying suck at your job when you saw this email. <laughs> oh, so there's there's some things that I like that I want to walk through with this uh-huh. because it's not all bad. No. Uh, the, uh, the first thing is like they have a clear reason for reaching out, which is this person on the other end uses MuleSoft in this use case. So you have an excellent tool with MuleSoft. There's a actual like psychology thing that's happening here that is really good. Now we it can use some refinement, but that is they're creating safe space. They're they're showing up and they're like, hey, you've done a great job by buying this tool. Good job. Right. Where they kind of trip on themselves as they say, you don't have blah, 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 blah. And like that is very much so like you're sitting there and you're like, you did suck. <laughs> and I'm like, as soon as I see that, like, okay, my ego is a little hurt. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I see some comments about like the, the pricing piece. Um, I'm not against that. If pricing is actually that cheap, right? Like pricing starts at a certain point. I don't know if it's necessary email number one, but like, um, yeah, like we could cut that sentence and do just fine. Um, yeah. The, um, like some core things with this is like, you've complimented them on using MuleSoft. I might tell them why, like reaffirm why it's a good decision, right? Like MuleSoft, like for what you're doing makes a ton of sense because XYZ, right? Or ZYX or it could just be one specific reason. Like, oh, you're a very API-centric company. Of course you would use MuleSoft, right? Um, if you're not familiar with what MuleSoft does, it is an API company that sits underneath Salesforce. Um, Will, Will, you don't the, know to MuleSoft. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is like, they're just harping on these like challenges that like, if I have that challenge, I'm kind of aware of it, right? Um, yeah. It could just be something like noticed you um, don't have anyone, obviously, maybe in like parentheses, uh, assigned to managing the implementation. And like you can start to like tweet to there might be a challenge here. Right. Need some other companies in this scenario. So bring some credibility in. Um, pull resources towards uh, a tool like MuleSoft and to get off track. Uh, we can supplement your existing team and get you up and running in 30 days. Does that sound interesting? It's just a softer, more tactful approach. I, ca- I kind of I grabbed that framework for you and th- this here is the framework to change this email to and that's the compliment, which is good. They started off with the compliment but then usually people come to us when, and there's this like moment where you recognize adoption as an issue, and then your curiosity, right? What are you guys experiencing? And that framework is more effective 
then you suck at your job. You need our solution. We cost X. Buy it, right? Like that's that's probably not something that people should strive for. But I do want to talk about things that we actually like about this email, if anything. What do you like about it? You said it's not all bad. Yeah, the the underlying like psychology they're trying to use is good. Um, one thing that I absolutely love is the line breaking and like the sentence structure itself. Yes. Simple wins. It is like like these sentences are short and choppy. Choppy copy is good. Um, I think this person knew that whoever got this email might likely read it on a cell phone. <laughs> well, guess what? You are eight times more likely to read that message on your phone. On your There's a reason that mobile optimized emails get 83% more replies, right? Yeah. So like we're looking at that formatting and it like, it looks kind of odd on a desktop in this like big format. But like most likely the first impression is going to be on a phone. And when you move it to a desktop, nobody's ever been like, so annoying. There's so much white space, right? <laughs> but they will say, oh, this is so annoying. This is a giant wall of text. I'm not reading this. Uh, so uh, you guys probably saw that one that we put out there for, the, for, this, for this. We had an example of a really long email. Length is not your friend. I want to stop right here for a moment because first I want to give you guys this poll right here. If you had to choose something about your own emails, what do you think is the issue for you personally? That's what I want to know right now. Uh, Will, look at these options here. Let you know. Let yeah. me know what you think is is going to be the one that went out. Uh, I'm gonna guess people are gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna guess they go with. I use a lot of jargon, but that's also me being biased. Um, Nathan asked a really interesting question, James, and I'm curious your thought on it, which is, okay, you send that email and they come back with, we're happy with MuleSoft. Because like my gut response to that is, okay, you're happy with MuleSoft. I'm not trying to replace that technology. So like there's part of me is like wondering for... Like I almost want to like clarify, um, like that they heard the MuleSoft's great. Uh, I just want to make sure you're getting list out of it. We're services provider, um, and like that might be where I I lean in my response. Yeah, uh, but I also might like push them away and be like, if you are happy and your implementation is going great and you don't think anything could be better, like totally fantastic, good for you. Like you're doing better than 99% of the companies that I talk to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's good numbers. Let's look at the results right here. Most people think their emails are too long. Most people, 47% of the folks that voted, think their email is too long. All right. Uh, so that's a good information right there to know that a lot of people are on the right track of trying to shrink things down, be more succinct. Uh, and as you said, right, shrink your lists down, lists of qualified prospects, lists of reasons to reach out. Let's move on because we have another one. Now, my question to you is, audience, and I want it in quotes in the chat. After you read this email, what is the subject line you would have given for this email? Will, let's talk about email three right here, right out of the gate. I'm guessing. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Um, um, 
Uh, um, let's see. I'm guessing you're struggling with getting an accurate. My my first question back to this is why? Why do you? Why are you guessing? Why is this the case? So when our team first started building like some really cool like generative AI things around like starting emails for people and like doing some of that personalization work for them, right? At least showing how to use personalization research. Uh, one of the things that like our first round of feedback to the engineering team was, is you forgot the context. So it, it's like back in middle school when you're in math class and the, the teacher's like, good answer, show your work, right? If you did the research, show your work for how you got there, connect the ideas for them. Because if you're guessing that, there needs to be a reason for why you're guessing that because yeah. they aren't on the same wavelength as you yet that you're going to get them there. But you have to give them the onboarding ramp, which is the context that allows them to get to that same wavelength. So that is my first piece of feedback. Um, I'm very curious to dig into these subject lines though. I see a lot of them coming in right now. Drew says, maybe this will work. That's not bad. Uh, quote, much more with the exclamation point. Which one's your favorite that people are submitting right now? <laughs> Too much we speak. Heck yeah. Um, dollar signs. Um, maybe this will work. Um, a little cheesy for my take. Struggling with accurate program question mark. Way too marketing. -y. So struggling with accurate program question mark. That feels like something the marketing team sent out. Mm -hmm. uh, if I was going to distill down on struggling with accurate program, I would just do program question, and I wouldn't include a question mark or program issue, program accuracy question, program accuracy issue. You see the change that I'm making to struggling with accurate program is I'm trying to make that marketing subject line into a internal subject line. Mm -hmm. So I'm like turning it into something kind of boring that like will slip past the mental spam filter, but also at the same time explain exactly what the email is about. Sure. And you told me when we talked about this that, not, and, and I want to make sure that everybody's clear on this because they can see the bolded letters here. Uh, you, Lavender relies on sales loft data and actually sees that bolding things out is not an effective way to get more responses or get people to read your emails, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sales loft published some really great data around that. Um, we always see like any sort of like formatting things. People love to ask me weird questions like, um, you know, what if I could change my font up? Things like that. Um, go for it. I wouldn't recommend it. I would recommend like all the defaults that you possibly can go with because you want it to just feel normal. You want to feel like this is a one-to-one -one email and there was nothing special about it other than the fact that it was only from me to you. Yeah. I actually think that outside of the few things that we've mentioned about this, like the bolding and the I'm guessing, I like this email. So for, uh, I think somebody put it in the chat, like, I'd love to see what a good email is. There are a few changes we would make to all of these emails, but there are good parts to all of these emails. You have to find the things that work for your ideal buyers. And the only way to do that is to start A-B testing in your language and your formats and things like that. Uh, Will, what do you yeah. think about the tone of this email? You talk about tentative tones. Yeah, Ashley actually uh, sort of sparked that, um, which is no need to guess. Yeah actually like the guess. Um, it's just they need that onboarding ramp of context. So I guess 
usually. Um, what those things do are they create these moments of softening. It's a tentative tone. It's an unsure tone in your writing that keeps them from being like pushed away. Where as if I show up and I'm very informative and I know everything, you kind of roll your eyes and you're like, yeah, this guy, right? Um, like you're a stranger. You don't have that credibility with them yet. And so when it comes to where am I confident and where am I tentative, the things about them be very tentative because they think about their stuff all the time. You've thought about it if you've got a good personalization process for about five minutes. And so like that's a very different, like uh, you, you haven't walked a mile in their shoes yet, right? You haven't done nearly enough discovery to be like, of course, right? It's very much so you're still coming into like, getting to know them. And so you being like, yeah, and if like, it'd be like if I showed up and I like started telling James about like how to play billiards, right? And he's like, bro, I got the pool table in the background. <laughs> like, what that one? Like, who are you to tell me that? Um, I mean, that's like a kind of a terrible example, but um, no, I understand what you're saying. And, uh, you know, let, let us know what your thoughts are in the chat. Again, we want your opinions on what we're talking about here. We've shown you a few emails. We've got more coming up. Uh, I want to know how often you review your emails. I think salespeople don't do this enough. So I'm curious, this was one that I, I put together myself. Like, how often do you go back and look at messaging that you've created that you're currently using that's in cycle and say, is this still relevant? What's changed? Can I make a difference in this email that might impact its results? That's what I'd like to know every day. Nathan, whew, man. It's out there. Uh, that's, uh, that's a lot. <laughs> I was going to say, good. Um, if you're looking for like some numbers to guide this for you, uh, every time you said in like a hundred, I would start to think about what am I learning? What am I seeing? And what can I start to iterate and test with? Yeah. Uh, what's my data say? Yeah. Always be testing. Yeah. Always be testing is good, but if you're not collecting data while you're testing, then you're making decisions based on assumptions and gut feelings and you know, that's good, but the data wasn't, won't lie to you. So we always tell people, look at the data. If you're going to, create a different email, a different structure. If you're going to create a different level of personalization, be tested against something you're already doing so that you can test it against something. You, have, you need to have a base of reference, you know? Uh, if only there was like a tool that like helped you with that. And if only there was. Oh. I don't know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what I will tell you is that when it comes to that personalization and relevance, you definitely need to be looking for those relevant triggers to personalize with. You know, the relevancy, I think, wins out, and it has for a long time. Let's pull up email four right here. Uh, let me get a, a one in the chat if this is useful for you, if you're thinking about your emails differently, if you're looking at these templates going, hey, this is definitely stuff that I write all the time. Uh, all right, let's, let's dig into this one. Again, no subject line. So, Will, let's pick this one apart for everybody. And you talked about reframing when we brought this one up. Okay. Yeah. Um, the companies that I speak with have challenges in aligning their IT strategy energies with core business objectives in 2023, which causes a lack of prioritization and unclear strategy. That first sentence is where they're losing 99.999% of everybody. That is one, a massive mouthful. Two, it's just like jargon. Like what in the world am I supposed to grab from that message, right? Um, I think there's some really 
things that we can pull from this email. And like, if I'm reviewing an email, there's two things that are going through my mind. One is like the classic wordsmithing that you probably think of when I say things like copywriting, but copywriting is not just wordsmithing. There's also like the developmental like structure that makes up the entirety of the message. It's the logic, it's the flow. And so I immediately want to like move things around and like reorganize and like think about it as like, this is a bunch of Lego blocks being put together, right? And so I'm like, okay, this Lego blocks like gets big and chunky and kind of broken, right? And so it's like, hey, um, we work with, um, from working with a lot of um, IT teams, noticing um, a core challenge around um, you know, zero documented strategy makes it hard for tech teams to prioritize, right? Like just simplifying some of that language, but also like reframing it so it's easier for somebody to come across and be like, okay, one, there's credibility to like this, I work with IT teams kind of thing where like it's lost otherwise. Um, and then two, like really just like simplifying out so people can capture those core ideas. James, I'm, I'm curious, like when you see something like this, like where would, where does your mind go? Yeah, this my my answer to this is directly related to the poll. We can look at the poll right here. You can see a lot of people read their emails weekly. That's a great practice, in my opinion. Shout out to the monthly folks. You're a little more confident in your messaging. That's what that means. My opinion on this one, on a weekly review level from those poll results, is that I would read that first sentence after a week after I wrote it and be like, what am I saying right there? right? We come back fresh when we review our emails and we start looking at it through a different lens. We look at it through our buyer's lens and that changes the way we read those emails when we read them back. We get really engulfed in the message and what we want out of the message when we write it initially because we're selfish as salespeople. And then when we come back and we read it, we realize, oh shit, this is all about me. <laughs> no. Once you realize that, you can make changes that impact the way your message is coming across and the buyer thinks it's about them instead of about you. And that's what I think is the thing that stands out the most here. We're going to do Q&A and I'm going to do the top three questions. So if you asked a question in the chat and it got buried and you didn't get an answer, ask it in the Q&A because we're going to get Q&A going here in just a second. Uh, what do you think about my response right there, Will? You're the, the email expert, if you will. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's like kind of hiding at the bottom here is this like this company that had a supply chain issue. Um, and like, maybe you want to bring that back up to the top. Yeah. Uh, I've just been like sitting on this email. I'm like, what is wrong with this thing? It's just like clunky. It's, there's a lot of text in there. Um, shout out Dorothy. I'm going to give another shout. Uh, she loves to say, write drunk, edit sober. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's that with, like Coming back to it after some time and being like, oh man, what was I thinking? Right. And like yeah. a lot of times you see the results and you're like, like, I need to come back to this. But even if you are getting the results, I come back to stuff that I've written and been like, what was I thinking? <laughs> um, but that's like a, a good way to um, approach it. It's just like taking some time apart from it and coming back to it. I, I think the reason for this is a couple of different reasons. And I, I made this analogy when we had this conversation. 
If you're fishing in freshwater or saltwater, you have different bait. If you're fishing for a specific kind of fish, you need a specific kind of lure or a specific leader that goes on the end, right? That part of it is a part of our email best practices because we have specific verticals that we sell to. We have specific personas that we sell to. We have specific genres that we sell into and our messaging has to reflect each different personality that might engage with our messaging. And you said you like the right bait for the right water for the right creature. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm laughing at the, uh, the jokes about people sounding British with chat and cheers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so, so let's talk about that though, since everybody wants to throw it out there. Right. Uh, let me know in the chat. What's the thing? What's the thing that in your emails that you get, what's the thing that rubs you the wrong way? The quickest. Is it the sign off? Sincerely regards. Cheers. Hey, you know, like, what's the thing? Deer. Oh, I hate deer. <laughs> By the way, I don't no call me any of these. It's just like the funniest, like, um, uh, I did a TikTok in this, which like, if you asked me three years ago if I'd ever start a sentence that way, I'd, I'd probably say no. Um, but um, it, it it's very funny that TikTok has gotten almost a million views, and I, it is some people just in their core are like, "I am a that's kind of person." How dare you offend me like that? The uh, one thing I, I will note is we actually did a quick. Um, analysis of starting words in cold emails. Um, and so if you're wondering whether to start with, hey, hi, hello, dearest, you know, sincerely, um, howdy and dear are like obviously not going to do it for you. Uh, real bummer because I, I personally thought howdy would do a little better than it did. Um, it's a little too much of a pattern break. Um, but hello was the top performer um and just like using a name or like getting into it like that didn't perform as well as hi hey or hello um the um the thing with hello seems to be that, that like it's a, a little bit different than what most people are using a lot of people are using hi and hey right now and so there's a little bit of a pattern break but it doesn't give that like awkward formality vibe of yeah you know Dearest James, how are you? <laughs> awkward, awkward formality is always a put off in a stranger's email, right? If you're going to be awkward formality, if you're going to use formal awkward language, I hope you're somebody that I expect that from. That makes it much more warm. Uh, let's get to questions and answers because we have three questions here, and these are quick answers only. Uh, so let you know, no, no, just very short, right? Thoughts on sending one email to multiple decision makers on a separate email or separate emails to each. What do you think? Um, the dog with two owners never gets fed. So if you're reaching out to multiple people, be sure to call them out distinctly or call out who you specifically want the response from. This can be a great opportunity to use the two versus the CC line to punctuate exactly what you're looking for out of that. CC is like, I want you to stay aware. And two is like, who this is actually two. Yeah. Um, but if I say, you know, James and John, like excited for the conversation tomorrow, curious to be adding any feedback before the call, who's supposed to reply? And like, you might reply or John might reply. Yeah. But in reality, 
you create this bystander effect moment where no one responds. And you, that's that's a confusing moment for everybody, right? So I, I think you bring up a good point there and you know, let us know if that's something that was a surprise to you. I would have thought a dog with two owners would get fed twice, but it's the opposite. Uh, all right. How many emails? How many emails is too many? So I'm, um, I'm like counterculture on this one, which is like, if you look at like all the data around like, you know, cadencing tools, it's like send 20,000 emails to somebody. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like you're selling a cadencing software. Of course you're going to tell me that. Yeah. Um, I theme my outreach around a specific reason for why I'm reaching out. And so if I reach out to you like three or four times about a certain thing, that's like very specific you don't respond i'm gonna not keep emailing you about that because it's clearly not interesting right yeah i'm either going to um end that thread and i'm gonna make that like a clear break it's not a break up it's just like a bye for now like hey i reached out about x clearly i missed the mark no worries um you know given x i thought this was a good time but i'm gonna stop my outreach for now right um so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to walk away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm amazed responses you get to that, especially early. Um, the other way to approach it is, uh, um, you know, asking for the referral. So, uh, I see a lot of, Hey, is there a better person for me to talk to? Bro, that is your job. Your job is to do that research and say, Hey, is James a better person for me to talk to? I saw he's been doing a lot of these daily webinars. They look awesome. Yeah. Let me know if yeah, he'd be a better person to talk to about podcasting software. Right. And like what that does is it you move away from the like, hey, where do you want to go for dinner tonight question to, hey, do you want to go to this restaurant or that restaurant? And all of a sudden their brain can start to categorize think about these things more efficiently and you're much more likely to get a response. Uh, yes or no, Calendly links or some level of calendar link in a first email, a cold email, yes or no? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. You said that with some certainty. Tell people how they can connect with Boy, you. No, no. If you get the... Uh, with me personally, you can email me. It's just firstname.lastname at lavender.ai. I'm always happy to chat. Um, just, you know, send a short, simple email. Um, the other way is through LinkedIn. I post content there every day. And so if you found any of this helpful, um, I'm always posting stats and figures related to, you know, outbound as well as, you know, perspective of somebody who gets prospected all the time. So yeah. um, happy to be helpful. Will's definitely a guy to connect with. You want to make sure that you take the time to go find him on LinkedIn and make sure that you send him a connection request because this is a guy that can help you improve your emails right away. As always, we want to tell you guys that you should not part from us without going to find us on social. You can connect with us, sellbetter.xyz. That's also our website. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram at sellbetter.xyz and make sure you take your number one takeaway from this show and tag us on LinkedIn sell better by jb sales thank you so much for investing in yourself we know how easy it is for you to get sidetracked and go do your thing and take time off and this is a learning experience for everybody that comes into this room you guys are the best audience in the world and we will see you tomorrow for another great guest to help you sell better have a great day everybody go get them thanks for having me appreciate y'all my pleasure buddy thanks for coming in and sharing your wisdom <laughs>